Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Hello, welcome to Series 3, Episode 9 of the podcast Living with Maidley. I'm Liam and I am joined by co-host Andreas Hagerson. Hello. How's things, sir? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Pretty, so, pretty good. This is a politics episode, but before we get going, as is the tradition, um, have we got any mainly news that you want to discuss? It's, this is an old one, but everyone's tagged us in this in the past couple of weeks, so I'm just going to play it again. I think we might have even played it on this podcast, but it is a classic. Um, apparently it's a year to the day uh, whenever ah yeah goes. I saw this yeah 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 I'm just going to play the clip year to the day since Melee gave this fantastic um, but what is it it's kind of a what is it it's a, it's a reflection it's a, a refle- yeah he's thinking out loud isn't he yeah he's voicing his internal thought I imagine he's always thinking like this but yeah 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 anyway here we go this is what he thinks there's one interesting point I was thinking about this last night Obviously, we had the Nuremberg trials after the war, and we hanged quite, quite a few Nazis and we imprisoned a lot of others, and we let them out eventually. But we didn't go after the Hitler Youth, as far as I'm aware. We didn't go after the Hitler Youth. We only went after adults um, who'd served in the Hitler regime. And that's just something to reflect on, I think. Anyway, thanks for all your response. I don't know what I think about it. It's so difficult. Um, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I saw it when somebody tagged us. It's fantastic. It, it's almost a perfect Maidley clip. It, it finishes on an, an unintentional punchline. Um, and, and I love the, the madness of his mind, but I, I do think he spends his time sat thinking about stuff like this, um, which is why I, I we love have... that he's doing live on edge, like you say. I wonder if anything. Like, I don't know, even on this <laughs> podcast, which is not serious at all, or we're not even, you know, professionals. I probably won't want to think out loud. I probably think I'll save that when we stopped. <laughs> I'm not going to say it live on TV. Hit the youth of but yeah, fantastic. The reason we're not going to go into anything new is because. Uh, we're going to record two episodes in one tonight, Liam, but we're releasing them apart. Um, so the That's first, right, yeah. Yeah. First episode is going to be UK politics, and it's going to be our memories of UK politics politics and funny moments. And the second one is US politics, uh, because I'm going to Glastonbury next week, so I won't be here to record. Yeah, so so the, obviously, you've had a tough few weeks with, with what's been going on with Dad. You're now going away to Glastonbury for a well-earned break, so... Yeah, we're doing this in a way where we can split it quite easily into two and get two episodes out so we don't have a big gap. And yeah, should we jump in? Let's do it, man. So I thought how we do this is I'd sort of drive the UK politics episode and you, Liam, are doing the US politics episode aren't you you know that you yeah, we're gonna get it, it seemed uh, to naturally split itself that way didn't it so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna drive the part two so if, if you stick with us through this one then when we get to part two and and basically you know we've, we've tried to squeeze two episodes out basically i've done that by it's just going to be a a lot of quite funny clips i hope so well let's yeah. hope so yeah but let's the first thing i do get. want to ask you and this is uk politics we're talking who what, what do you remember the first prime minister you'll probably remember i imagine is margaret thatcher yeah that's right yeah the milk didn't, snatcher. Yeah. Didn't know too much about it at the time. Obviously kind of working class area to grow up in, so she wasn't well liked. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember, it, I remember kind of the end of her reign and 
I remember going into school and I don't know how old I was. When did she leave? Was it 89? I think we were 89, yeah, 89. So I must have been six. And uh, sitting on a mat where we used to go and sit, ironically, where we used to sit and drink milk, which obviously Maggie Thatcher tried well, to take away, didn't she? Well, so, yeah, I'm going to say, she said, was she there taking it away? Nope. <laughs> no, she, not on this occasion, no. But this uh, this small chap with really vivid red hair in my memory anyway, uh, Rob something, turned to me and said, uh, com- no irony or anything, just just deadly serious, a six-year-old. Ah, oh, it's a shame to see her go in it because she's done some great things for this country. And I remember thinking, I, I don't know. I think I probably said yeah, but I, yeah. I don't. I didn't know. You should have said what? What's she doing? Poll tax? You happy with that? I just like to say, by the way, before we go any further, we're not going to sort of base our own political views. I've not really got that many strong political views anyway, to be fair, um, it, it, to a degree. This is not going to be us just like, let's have a go at the Tories or let's have a go at Labour or anything. This is just going to be our memories. We're just remembering stuff, aren't we, basically? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, we're just remembering things about politics. And if we find it funny, all the better. Yeah, so Thatcher up against Kinnock. Don't really remember much about Kinnock other than him falling over on the beach. And then Kinnock were up against Major in 92. Again, a bit too young for us, all this sort of stuff. The only thing I remember about Major, I imagine you do as well, is the uh, grey spitting image puppet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, spitting image was kind of too late probably for me to be watching it in this area but I, I was aware of it yeah and I, I do remember finding them funny and I seem to remember the major one because obviously they exaggerated them as caricatures but mm. the major one he almost looked so much like a puppet that they just made him a different color I think yeah 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 I mean I when I think of John Major I think of that spitting image puppet I don't think of John Major as he looks I think of him like oh yeah I remember him you know up against Blair like this sort of <laughs> grey man um, but Blair obviously I think that was the one where, as a, what, 14, 15-year-old, when he came into power or came into the limelight or whatever, took over from John Smith, all the rock stars, I went into Oasis and Blur, and they all backed him, and he seemed like a cool prime minister. I remember I wasn't even old enough to vote, but I remember the 97 election and being delighted that Blair had got in. And I'm not really sure why. I think it was just because my idols said he were good, basically. Yeah, I mean, he did have a lot of charisma. I think we saw him drinking a glass of wine with Noel. Um, mm. They used D-Ream, Things Can Only Get Better, as the, the kind of theme tune. Brian so. Cox and D-Ream as the keyboardist. A lot of people know that, but I always find it quite good to throw in there. Yeah, Um so, yeah, they, they were to kind of capture the moment that it felt like, oh, this is quite exciting. And I must say, you know, I, I sort of bought into it. It's all my favourite elections just because it was such an hammering. And again, nothing to do with bias. I always think it's if you're going to win an election, it's nice to see the other team completely humiliated, I think. <laughs> yeah, OK, yeah. I think that's a good thing. But he dominated our youth, basically, uh, Tony Blair. Really good in the House of Commons, whatever you think about him. Uh, and what he did subsequently, and he, he destroyed the four Tory leaders that come up against him. And as I say, we're fantastic in the Houses of Commons. Houses of Commons, though, I mean, we could be here all day, like listing stuff from that, but that's just a mad place, isn't it? The House of Commons. It's unreal if you watch it and you see these grown men and women who, either when they're not asleep, they're, they're screaming at each other and making noises at each other. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's like a yeah playground. Yeah, it's like a Carry On film, or uh, like sort of. Like, I don't know, what are you doing? You're like, the, the, and there's people, like, I remember when Corbyn come in, and he were like, and we've got a letter in here from a man called Jeffrey. Boo! Jeffrey, fuck off, Jeffrey. What are you on about? But you get some really good questions. This is uh, under Blair, when Blair were leader, and I absolutely love this question that someone asked, and I think Blair's response is fantastic, actually. Although the uh, 
Isle of Wight is one of Britain's prime tomato producers. It's hard. It is hard to find island tomatoes in local supermarkets, but I can buy Morge too from Sierra Leone. What is the Prime Minister doing to cut food miles? For some reason, the, uh, the, the Monge 2 section has been left out in my brief, and I, I apologise. Uh, to, to be absolutely frank, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's honest at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's it, lot, was, lot, it was then. I don't want to, we won't get into that, will we? But yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that he was honest, very honest then. Uh, probably one of the most uh, honest, I'd say, or, or known for no nonsense talking is uh, Dennis Skinner. Uh, oh, yeah. The Beast of Balls over. Who, um, <laughs> is that what they call him? Yeah, the Beast of Balls over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis Skinner, yeah. Um, and then this is a famous clip, but as we're on about the Hours of Commons, I'm just have to play this. Does the Prime Minister recall that at the time after he became Prime Minister under the Coalition, and at the time when he was dividing the nation between strivers and scroungers, I asked him a very important question about the windfall he received when he wrote off the mortgage of the premises in Notting Hill and I said to him he didn't write off the mortgage of the one the taxpayers were helping to pay for at Oxford. I didn't receive a proper answer then. Maybe Dodgy Dave will answer it now. And by the way, I think he knows the word beginning with D and ending in Y that he inappropriately used. Withdraw. I know. I know what you're talking Withdraw. This man has done more to divide this nation than anybody else. He's looked after his own pocket. I still refer to him as Dodgy Dave. Yeah, I remember that. This must be a little bit later, was it? This, this was. Oh yeah, uh, this was way later, but yeah. just on the on the on the Houses of Commons. Uh, I, I just love the. I don't know. I love that he said, like, you need to retract your comments, and he just doubled down and said it again, like <laughs> more angry. Uh, but yeah, sadly a dying breed, I think, of politics. Dennis Skinner. Um, other things about the Blair era. Uh, I think the the biggest thing for me uh, was the Prescott punch. Oh yeah. Um, and he, I always remember, were it a were it a farmer here or someone like that? It, no, well, I, I can picture it for some reason as well. I can picture him really vividly. He's got like a sort of curly perm there almost. And yeah, the the best part about that was because Prescott had been having stick about, he was trying to do things to do with like uh, motorists in car lanes and there should be this many people in a car. Yeah, and, and he were a socialist as well, weren't he? So. And, and it turned out that he had two two Jaguar cars. So there was a headline, two, uh, Prescott Two Jags or something like that. Yeah, Two Jags were his nickname, yeah. And then what was brilliant about this is obviously the guy throws the egg at him really short range. He turns, kind of throws an initial sort of just tester shot and then throws a big jab into his face. And the headline was Two Jabs, which yeah, I think was brilliant. He's got, he's, he's got a full Wikipedia page about it, this punch. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was great. I mean, he was deputy prime minister at the time, obviously. <laughs> we don't kind of condone violence, but 
I think if the bloke throws an egg at you from that far away, you have every right to, to try and punch him in the face. The guy was called Craig Evans, uh, uh, agricultural worker. Um, he threw an egg at him. And I always remember the paper saying, oh, you don't want to mess with this Craig Evans character. All after, like, all the, the locals saying, oh, he's, he's, he's in for it. I think he's a fantastic left-hander from uh, from John, that, to be honest. It's just a reaction punch, isn't it? It's just a snapshot. Yeah. Take, takes his chance, bang, yeah, good on him. Uh, apparently, Alistair Campbell told him to apologise, and he just flatly refused. I thought you were going to say punched him in the face. That would be good, <laughs> You imagine that'd be a good fight, actually. Um, and then obviously uh, Blair, uh, ten years in the game and stood aside, and we got. And this is where I, I think politics sort of became more gaff-filled. Maybe it's just because I were older and I took more interest. But Gordon Brown, I always remember him saying this. Obviously, there was the banking crisis, um, and Brown obviously is credited for making that, you know, not as bad as it, it probably could have been. But I always remember him delivering this in the Houses of the Commons. Speaker, the, f- the first point of recapitalisation was to save banks that would otherwise have collapsed. And we not only saved the world, uh, saved the banks, and saved, saved, saved the banks and led the way. We not only saved the banks... I didn't... It's I like some kind of superhero, isn't it? I think the reaction to this was, whoa, they're all like <laughs> dancing around in the aisles and stuff. Like, and Brown, not, Brown is not amused. Obviously, you can't see the clip, but Brown is just like, everyone's like, he doesn't smile or like, he's just so... Do you know something on Gordon Brown, by the way, a bit of a tangent, but I can't hear his name. It's just happened just now when you said it without thinking of the song Golden Brown. That, so that's in my head now because you said Gordon Brown. You should have had that as a theme, shouldn't you? Gordon Brown. Not the sort of man to have a theme tune. He's not a wrestler. What do you mean his theme? I don't know. Let's go. They don't have theme tunes, do they? Prime Minister. That's, that's where he went That'd wrong. be amazing. Like WWE theme tunes. Like, and Prime Minister's questions. But lights like, come on and he has to walk in from back. Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown. Texture like sun. And him like doing pump. But Prescott will be all right. be coming down. It's a brilliant yeah. idea, that. I'm more into Prime Minister's questions if that happened. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. They should do that. Um, obviously, Brown's downfall came when uh, when he said this. I'll just play the clip. It's as if the two had parted on good terms, but Mr. Brown was still no. wearing the microphone that Labour had requested Sky News attached to his lapel. That was a disaster. Well, just... Okay. Should never have put me with that woman. Whose idea was that? I know, I can see. Soon, I think. They will go in. Everything. She's just a sort of bigoted woman. The the best thing about this is that it's obviously like an awful clip to get out, but I'm sure everyone's seen it. But when it's played back to him on Radio 4, I think it is, I think it's Jeremy Vine plays it back to him. And you know, you saw that image where he's got his head in his hands listening back. Yeah. Do you think that lost him the election? I don't know enough about it to to make that statement. I, I don't know. It certainly won't have helped him, will it? I mean, I remember that as brilliant. I, I personally didn't think he'd get any less of him for that. Well, it, it's just that way that we all kind of, after our breath, when we've dealt with someone who's doing our editing, kind of sort yeah. of saying, fuck's sake. And oh, yeah, thank you. it just yeah. happened to be that it were mic'd up. And I, I love it. I mean, I've got some, some really funny clips from America, but that is one of my favourites. I love it. 
the biggest woman. I mean, whoever left his mic, I don't know if they're trying to stitch him up or what, but that, that would just... And I think, it, I don't, again, we're not going to go deep into the politics, but I, I do think Labour possibly lost a lot of support from certain communities by saying that. So I think he sort of sort of let the car out of the bag, I think, about how that party were move, moving to a, to a certain place so that were maybe moving away from others. And I don't know, maybe they never recovered from it. Maybe Gordon Brown from Saving the World <laughs> destroyed the Labour Party, I'm not sure. But obviously Brown were defeated in that coalition between Brown and Clegg. Any uh, feelings no, on that? Sorry, Brown, sorry, Cameron and Clegg. Cameron and Clegg. Yeah, any feelings on these two guys? Well, being from Sheffield, we, we sort of saw the, the rise and fall of Clegg, didn't we? It was... He was kind of quite well liked. I think he, he built up a really good following in the area. Remember Clegmania? <laughs> no. Yeah, when he remember they had the first TV debates. Uh, Brown were terrible in this as well, actually, because he wasn't yeah. a performer. I think Blair had pissed that. But um, I remember Brown making a joke about you two sound like my two kids uh, arguing at bath time. And Cameron said something like, "I bet that sounded better in the rehearsals, didn't it, Gordon?" And he just looked like a right knobhead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Clegg, Clegg were amazing in these uh, debates simply because he could say. These two fucking idiots have been running the country since anyone can remember. Why not give me a chance? It's an easy, it were an easy gig for him, really. And well, he was, was the part polls. of the problem was that he built a lot of his kind of following. He was driving was sort of the, the student vote, wasn't it? He was. Well, that, he was this, this is what I. Yeah. This very is big on a certain sort of stance that he then had to sell out on, which, again, you know, no expert, don't really know or, or care too much. But but my understanding is that. He couldn't win. If he turned down the opportunity to, to lead, people would say that was his one chance gone. If he took it, he had to sell out on most of what he thought. So I think the worst thing he did is obviously went back on his promises of um, election fees. Uh, election fees, sorry, uh, university fees, should I say. Yeah. Um, and this was... <laughs> And he did, he did a speech trying to say sorry to all the people who voted Liberal Democrats, you know, the students who voted for him. And someone made this into an absolutely fantastic song. I just want to play a little clip from it now. I'm sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry The Liberal Democrats are sorry There's no easy way to say it. We are sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry The Liberal Democrats are sorry There's no easy way to say it. We are sorry And if we've lost your trust That's how I hope we can start to win it back I've only heard that recently actually You, you sent me that fairly recently But yeah, yeah Brilliant. It was around this this time, by the way, like just after this election. That, can you remember when the BMP went on question time? It was absolutely huge. When yeah. Nick Griffith got. Uh, yeah, I remember the sort of commotion around it, yeah. And the, <laughs> the best thing what I can say about Nick Griffin is, did you know he had his own cookery show? <laughs> no, I didn't know. It's cookie. Cookie, cooking with Nick Griffin, right? <laughs> And I've always liked skim through it at the time as well. And I don't really want to play much from it because it is quite racist, even just him cooking. There's an absolutely fantastic bit where he says, you can get some of these things here, these spices here, from Britain. None of this Mexican rubbish. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, what are you doing, man? Uh, but yeah, he, he became, um, yeah, he says that he, he claims that curry was actually an English dish. You, you can imagine, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, he says he, he once said that we've got a Mexican restaurant in town, uh, not far from here. The place isn't swamped with Mexicans. You take the recipe, and that's all you need. It's just like absolutely fucking incredible. And obviously, thankfully, I think everyone listening, we're not going to go into politics as we say, really, but is glad that that party died a very quick death. 
fairly quickly, I think. Uh, yeah. Does it not exist anymore, the BMP? It does. It does still exist, uh, the BMP, but it's declined to the point where, you know, the the. Uh, they feel one defect there. They fielded one candidate in the 2019 election, and he came last. Yeah, like we said, we're not going into politics of it, but racist. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're glad about that. So yeah. Yeah, Fair. yeah. And um, then I will say after that came uh, after the, uh, the the Cameron and Clegg coalition, Cameron versus Miliband, um, and this was sort of dictated, it seemed from the outside, by a sandwich. A sa- what, what do you mean? I'm not sure I follow. When he, when he eats that bacon sandwich. Uh, well, I don't think it's quite as one-dimensional as that. that I think that, that was a part of it, wasn't it? It wasn't received well, how he ate a sandwich. The Sun had the headline, Save Our Bacon, <laughs> with him eating a sandwich. And that was, like, massive, oh, if you can't even eat a sandwich properly. So, so yeah, just problem. for anyone who doesn't know or remember that, then Ed Miliband, what was it, a bacon sandwich? It was a bacon sandwich, yeah. And he... What did he eat with a knife and fork, or what? What did he do? He just ate about in, a, in a in a in a fairly what you could say a bizarre way. I think at the best, like if you were doing that, I'd say, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, do you know what I mean? But it weren't. Everyone made it out like it made him some sort of complete moron that he couldn't. And I and it's I can't even. Like like, you always used to drink a pint with two hands, didn't you? But like, yeah, that. he went like he did weird faces as he were eating it and stuff, like as if he like he really weren't enjoying it, or like he'd never had a bacon sandwich before. But he's, you know, I drink water at the side of my mouth like Popeye. No one has a go at me, do they? Not to your face. Well, you know, you say but that. Yeah, but I, I think the other thing was, and I, I think you've got a clip of this because I think we've mentioned it before, but mm. I didn't mind Miliband. No, I liked him. I still like him as a man. I, I, I do, actually. I mean, video. apparently the podcast he does is, is quite good at the minute, but I've never heard it. Um, he's a really witty man. I've seen, I've heard him on, um, I think he, I think he had his own show on Radio 5 or Radio 4 or something like that, and... Yeah, really, really witty guy. Well, to be the fair. thing he that I found it. ridiculous, and I remember actually posting at the time that, you know, I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure I could vote for for this man. Was when he did that clip where he said, oh, well, "Was it the the rhetoric?" Oh, I, I remember the word, the rhetoric. That I'm gonna just, I'll, I'll, I'll just describe what because I have got this clip. This was an interview that Ed Miliband did, and I imagine this happens in all politics where the, you, you, there's a few key phrases that you want to get across. So you want to go like, because when it hits the news, you do thousands of interviews a day and yeah. all you want the news to hear is this one sort of whatever it is, a policy or whatever. I can't play the full clip because it goes on for like six minutes, but this is incredible how many times he repeats the same thing just to try and get it. I'll just play the clip. These strikes are wrong at a time when negotiations are still going on. But parents and the public have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to put aside the rhetoric, get round the negotiating table, and stop it happening again. Um, I listened to your speech in Rex, and you talked about the Labour Party being a movement. A lot of people in that movement uh, of people who are on strike today, and they'll be looking at you and thinking, well, you're describing these strikes as wrong. At a time when negotiations are still going on, I do believe these strikes are wrong. And that's why I say both sides should, after today's disruption, get round the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric and sort the problem out. Because the public and parents have been let down by both sides. The government's acted in a reckless and provocative manner. Do you think there's a difference between the words they're saying in public and the attitude they're striking in private in these negotiations? Are there negotiations in good faith, would you say? 
What I say is that the strikes are wrong when negotiations are still going on, but the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner in the way it's gone about these issues. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to get around the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric, and stop this kind of thing happening again. Obviously, but have you spoken privately to any uh, union leaders and, and expressed your view to them on a personal level? Would you say? Well, what I say in public and in private to everybody involved in this is get around the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric, and stop this kind of action happening again. These strikes are wrong because negotiations are still going on, but parents and the public have been let down by the government as well. And like you said, which I must admit at the time, I didn't really think about it like that. I, I kind of saw it as a guy who had no idea what to say, so I kept repeating a sentence. But actually, yeah, you're right. This is someone who, that that's the soundbite they want to be used the next that's day. It. So they're pretty much going to say nothing else. But when it's played in its entirety, which they obviously did to sort of ridicule him, because I yeah. saw it on, I can't remember what I saw it on, but they kind of played like a, a ding, and every time he said it, it, it kind of played this bell noise. And when you hear it in its entirety as a full clip, it, it's unbelievable. How, it's just it's just a man repeating the same sentence. I love as well how he sometimes changes the order of the words a little bit, as if it's something different, yeah. but it's the same sentence. We'll put aside the rhetoric, and uh, yeah, it's like it's really embarrassing to watch. And I like I say, I like him, but I, as a man, and, and you know, but not a good. I remember um, another good sun headline, and I don't like promoting the sun. But uh, can you remember when they did the TV debate, which they called the mass debate? Obviously, the sun. Yeah. Uh, you remember the headline uh, after the first one? Because apparently Miliband had a bit of a disaster. He, he tripped it over. Can you remember when he came on stage? Um, what would it be? Ed Miliband. It could be. Ugh, I can't think of anything. Ed Tripperband. Oops, I just lost my election. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but yeah, that, that, yeah, that, and obviously he lost and Cameron won. And uh, yeah, and Cameron obviously was Prime Minister up until he decided, well, I will give him Brexit. We'll put that Brexit thing vote in. No one's going to bother with that sort of shit. That'll go all right, won't it? So, yeah. I mean, I've. Uh, I've heard from people who know more than me about politics. It might have been Mike Parry, who obviously knows a lot about Well, you say more, knows more than you about politics, and then mention Mike Parry. How well, little got, do you know? He's got <laughs> journals on everything, hasn't he? Yeah, but, he has, he has, yeah. He were, they were in the news recently, weren't he, saying flip-flops can kill you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm sure, I'm I'm almost certain it was him. And if, if it wasn't, then obviously apologies to Mike Parry. He probably has said it. He said that much over the years, hasn't he? But anyway, yeah. the, sorry, the point I'm trying to make is Blair and, and Cam, Blair and Cameron were almost interchangeable. That yeah, they they kind of could have filled the same role in the opposite party almost. They were both quite central, both sort of similar sort of ways of thinking about politics. And obviously they ended up at opposite ends, but you could have kind of almost interchanged them really. Yeah, I don't know yeah, that's yeah. true. Or I think not. Cameron tried to be Blair, the conservative version of Blair. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say, perhaps very badly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, and obviously Cameron made that mistake of putting the Brexit vote in and it cost him his, his you know, his time as PM. But I just want to break off a little bit and we'll go back into uh, uh, the prime ministers of the country and stuff like that. I don't think we could do a UK politics podcast and we're trying to like fit everything in here and try and do it within an hour. But I don't think we can do it without talking about Jeremy Paxman. What's your thoughts, thoughts on Paxman? Yeah, like him i remember he there was a golden era where he seemed to be just shouting at people every night like come on i always got the i don't know i always got the impression that he was just about to say i'll oh, just f- 
fuck off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, like it did seem, I mean, there's some who are very good at interviewing and they push for an answer. He seemed genuinely furious I'm with them, particularly yeah. when, you know, this thing that we've just said about Miliband, but all of them do it. This, this repetition and, you know, he's almost like, come on, you're saying the same thing. Why don't you tell me something? Come on, you fat bastard. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can start imagining him, like, realistically wanting to say that. But obviously his most famous bit, I'll play a little clip here, is how many times he said, did you threaten to overrule him to uh, yeah. Michael Howard in 1996? was not entitled to instruct Derek Lewis, and I did not instruct him. And the truth, of, to overrule the, the truth of the matter is that Mr. Marriott was not suspended. Did I did not to overrule him? I did not overrule Derek did Lewis. Did you threaten to overrule him? I took advice on what I could or could not did do, you threaten and to I overrule acted him, Mr. scrupulously Howard? in accordance with that advice. I did not overrule Derek did you Lewis. Threaten to overrule Mr. Marriott him? was not suspended. Did you threaten to overrule him? I have accounted for my decision to dismiss Derek Lewis Did you threaten to overrule him? Detailed before the House of Commons. I note you're not answering the question whether you threatened well, to the, overrule him. The, the important aspect of this, which it's very clear to bear in mind... I'm sorry, I'm going to be frightfully this. rude, but... Yes, you but can... I, I'm sorry. It's you, a quite straight put, yes or no. Question, and I would, I would give you, no I would give you an answer. Did you threaten to overrule him? I discussed this matter with Derek Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, I've not, not heard that before. Good. Um, I also like Pikes. I get another clip coming up where he, uh, he, the weatherman, I don't know if the weathermen were ill or something like that, so they got Paxman to do the weather, and I absolutely love this. Finally, by popular demand, the second Newsnight weather forecast. <laughs> Take an umbrella with you tomorrow. And I love how, like, and, and again, the final thing on Paxman, because this is one of my favourite everything. I remember watching this live when he said it. Um, I'm going to go at his editor. For Newsnight tonight, uh, Mark is being punished for some offence in a previous life by presenting tomorrow's programme. In the meantime, it's all available again on the website, along with our editor's pathetic pleas for you to send some of your old bits of home movie and the like, so we can become the BBC's version of Animals Do the Funniest Things. Yeah, good. I like that. I like, uh, I like Pax Man. I don't know what he's doing now, actually. Is he still, is he still on any kind of news? Doesn't matter, doesn't he resigned, didn't he? he, he yeah, I thought, uh, uh, he's, he's on election night. He's on, on Channel Four now. I think he's just you know, he's, he's, he's not taking it seriously anymore, is he? So as I said, Cameron resigned after Brexit. So then the next election was Theresa May versus Jeremy Corbyn. And my most memorable moment of this election was undoubtedly Tory MP Greg Knight and his election video, which I'm going to play in its entirety now. Hello, my name's Greg Knight. I'm the Conservative candidate for East Yorkshire. There's a general election on the 8th of June, and I hope if you live in East Yorkshire that you'll vote for me. When you vote in an election, you're doing two things. You're choosing who is your local representative, but you're also choosing a Prime Minister. I hope you'll vote for me and support Theresa May. We want a strong and stable government, not a coalition of chaos led by Jeremy Corbyn. You'll get accountability with conservative delivery. Make sure this time you get it right. Vote for Greg Knight. Yeah, you sent me this at the time and I was convinced <laughs> it was a spoof, but that's a real election video, isn't it? Yeah, he's in a band, Greg Knight. Imagine him in a band. Oh, he is oh a band. Greg Knight. Yeah, really is good. It, 
I honestly sing it to myself, like walking down the streets. Vote for Greg now. Thing is though, would it, would it make you want to vote for him more? Because I think it would, mate. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely. So as, as ridiculous as it is, it's probably quite a good marketing campaign. Apparently, he's a car enthusiast. Uh, owns loads of classic cars and plays the drums and is the founder member of the band MP4, the world's only <sighs> parliamentary rock group. I thought you were going to say M people. I thought you were going to blow me away then. Oh my god. Hang on, bear, just bear with me here. Greg Knight has also backed other artists on drums in live shows, including Fergal Sharkey of the Undertones. Yeah. And in the studio, he's played drums for Katie Tunstall, right. Ricky Wilson, Steve Harley, and David Gray. Yeah, well, that's actually fairly reasonable. And he's written six books, mostly on the subjects of political quips and insults. So, you know. But another thing, and I know you actually, when we were talking, because obviously we, we said we were going to do this, um, obviously the Theresa May Corbyn election and, and Corbyn, very divisive figure, even in the Labour Party, I think it's fair to say. But you reminded me of this when we said we were going to do this uh, episode. And I'm talking about that mock-up pic. You you say it, Liam, because you, I know you love this. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture of Jeremy Corbyn walking. Obviously... You know, the, the subject matter is not funny. The, the IRA is not funny. I've got family over in Ireland. There's, there's no humour in the in that. But he, he's never kind of shaking off this thing that he's an IRA sympathiser. But mm. but there's a picture of him walking. I think it's on a march, a political march. Yeah, with, with the got, IRA. It's with the IRA. And <laughs> somebody on a Photoshop has made it look like his T-shirt says, I heart, <laughs> IRA on it. Yeah, and people and shared people this. People are I... outraged to this day about it. I still see it on Twitter saying, how can anyone have voted for this man when he wore this? The rest of the IRA are in full uniforms and balaclavas and stuff. Imagine him and walking he... in that in a march. It's like one of these tourist T-shirts where it says, like... I love London, yeah. Yeah, Jem Paris or something. There's a yeah. picture of an Eiffel Tower. My favourite bit about it is that they're almost, like I said, they're all in uniform, like military uniform, and it's a serious, and everyone's really straight-faced. It's a fun- I think it's funeral. I think it's a funeral. And they're, like, marching this IRA member out. And he's holding a newspaper and he's in shorts. <laughs> I love the IRA. This, I can't believe that, re- on, really, that people thought. I, th- there's, a, there's a site where it like, debunks, you know, pictures, is this real or not? The fact that they've even had to include this and said, oh, no, he didn't actually wear an I love IRA T-shirt. Well, I first I saw it all and the thought, time. it's funny that, oh, yeah, it's, you know, again, the subject isn't funny, but that's quite funny that somebody's done that and it looks like he's wearing his T-shirt. But, yeah, the, the anger and outrage at him, people thinking he was walking around in that T-shirt, it's crazy. I, I sometimes walk down the street and laugh like to myself about the, the fact that someone was honestly thinking. I mean, it looks like a really cold day for a start. He's in T-shirts and, yeah, t-shirts and shorts. And... I, I just can't believe that people. I see. I remember on the, the election, Corbyn Boris election, and people sharing it like on Facebook saying, "Don't forget what this man thinks about Britain," and sharing that as an example. And you're like, "Yeah, for fuck's sake!" Imagine like proper IRA meeting, they've all balaclavas and guns and that, and him stood there and his "I love the IRA" <laughs> Where can you get one thing? I don't know. <laughs> Might parade around Glastonbury next week. Uh, but obviously that was a hung parliament Theresa May and Corbyn Theresa May obviously the most famous things of her tenureship I think was the fields of wheat story which was just you know the naughtiest thing she ever did running through some wheat and then yeah. dancing onto stage do you remember that? 
Yeah, it's so bad it's kind of quite good in a way. But, it's but she's like sort of turned it, turned it around at the moment. And just like she, at the moment, as a as a parliament, she seems to have like the one conservative who's really taking Boris to task for all this bullshit. To be fair, um, but yeah, as I say, on parliament, and then two years later, Boris became PM as he beat Jeremy Corbyn. Um, so Labour had to have a leadership campaign, and I absolutely I remember this as well, and I absolutely love. So a leadership campaign for the Labour, I think it was Brown, there were Emily Thornbury, uh, Lisa Nande, and I, I want to say Yvette Cooper, I think. Um, and so everyone, like, before they were introducing them all, because obviously the, the debate was live on TV, they said, this is Keir Starmer, former lawyer, you know, blah, 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 I've worked for this. This is what they said about Emily, Emily Thornbury. And Emily Thornbury, the shadow foreign secretary, born in Guildford, and as a child was so poor that when her dad left the family home, her cats had to be put down. <laughs> yeah, simply vote straight away. She's so like straight faced as they say, like nodding. Yeah, yeah, let's cats down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously, then we're coming towards the end of like this. Uh, I'm going through the 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 uh, timeline of prime ministers and Boris. Obviously, where do you start with Boris? To be fair, but I know that you love this particular clip, don't you, Liam? Um, of this was when this was really recent. It was when the first news came out about Partygate and Ian Blackford, SNP, is reading out, um, basically just having a go at him as he, as he normally does. And listen to the guy in the background here. That's what he wants, and he gets away with it every time. The Prime Minister can't get. Yeah, one of my favourite clips of all time, not just political. I, I love it. I love how subtle it is in the background. You can't see who's saying it. Not this time. Not this, not this time. time. I mean, absolutely. It sounds like Tim Key, which I like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny how not only did he get away with it this time, he got away with it coming it out. He's been to more it? parties but since yeah, then. Yeah, he got. He had more parties. You're not getting away with this one. Yeah, I am another fucking seven, mate. Don't worry not about this time. It. Not this time. Yeah, I, I love that clip. I love in a in a room full of people shouting and screaming at each other. I think that's the kind of most powerful voice in the room is the guy in the background just saying, "Not this time." We were wrong, unfortunately. He yeah. did get away with it. Uh, the last thing I want to say really about Boris, have you ever seen when Boris goes to Glastonbury? This is in Gla- Glastonbury 2000, uh, before he was obviously even mayor of London or anything. I don't even think he no. was an MP at this, this point. This is mad that this guy became prime minister when you watch this. Billy Bragg takes Boris Johnson around Glastonbury. And it's done in a way of, oh, look at this big posh right winger, you know, going to Glastonbury. He's wearing like a cream suit and swimming goggles and he gets a tattoo saying respect. <laughs> and and I, just, I just want to play a couple of clips from it here. Shepton Mallet. My brother used to go to Shepton Mallet every year. There's one to do. Maybe it was Glastonbury he used to go to. Boris, you won't keep saying that, will What? Glastonbury. Is he saying, what are you going to say? Glastonbury. Glastonbury. Is he Glastonbury or Glastonbury? Well, it depends where you come from, I guess. What? Right. Oh, what a right. I can't help my guitar, damn it. Yeah, why didn't you? Because oh, I'm off duty. Do, do you do any um, clash numbers? Do you do all of them? Really? My daddy was a famous robber. That's a good one. That's a very good one, isn't it? But in a, that's a, it's, it's a sort of philosophy, isn't it? But he never hurt nobody. Isn't it? It's just like, oh my God. Like, at this point, and he, some will say even now, but... Just like a clown figure. And that obviously when he went on uh, Have I Got News For You, that sort of catapulted him into the mainstream, I think, Boris. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I watched it and I did find him funny on it. And yeah, that's... that's You're to blame, mate. We're all to blame in some way. Mm-hmm. Me, you, Ian Islop, Paul Merton and Angus Deaton. 
I've actually seen him. He has a lot like deny that he had anything to do with him getting getting elected just because he was on the program. But not this time. So that's basically my UK politics. As I said, it's just a look back. We've certainly not been exhausted by any stretch of the imagination, but we we did want to do you. We wanted to do politics because it is something that we're probably watching TV at least once a week, certainly from like the ages of 18. So uh, we've covered the UK and now uh, this is the end of this episode. But coming up next week will be Liam looking at US politics. Yeah. And whereas you've kind of done this sort of chronological walk through politics, I've gone for mainly a funny clip compilation type episode. So, yeah, come back next week and laugh in hysterics with us at particularly George Bush and Donald Trump. Not this time. Not this time. If uh, anyone wants to get in touch with us, send us anything. Find us on Twitter at livingwithmade1. Or you can send us an email at livingwithmadely at outlook.com. Living